Good morning, doctors. This is Dr. Don Harrison, and it's a podcast for June 1st, 2007. And uh, this time I'd like to discuss an article that came out in the Journal of the Canadian Chiropractic Association by John Hart, D.C., who uh, teaches at Sherman. And I was really disappointed in his article. It was entitled, Structural problems of the spine do not necessarily require intervention. And boy, it was really irritating to me when we read it. And that uh, he claimed to have been doing uh, headlines and taking papers from 2000 to 2005. And he listed seven topics that he was going to discuss. And they were spinal degeneration, spinal disc, head tilt, cervical lordosis, cervical kyphosis, misalignment, and scoliosis. And he was going to show that all of those don't necessarily need any care unless there's a nerve interference. Of course, his uh, definition of nerve interference was either pain or absence of pain. And uh, we'll bring it right in there, big rebuttal to this, but in the meantime, I, I wanted to hit some topics like this with you so that you can discuss these with your friends when you have our references and our ideas. Coming up this summer, we only have uh, four seminars, so I want to remind you of those. We got three coming up in July. We got an X-ray and posture July 14th and 15th in Denver, Colorado. This is the first time I'm coming back to Denver for about 10 years, so I'm hoping for a good turnout there. And then July 21st and 22nd, we're doing a drop table adjusting seminar in Portland, Oregon, and the same goes there. I quit going to Portland about 10 years ago, so coming back there hoping to influence Western States a little bit. Of course, they definitely need influence. And then July uh, 27th through the 29th, uh, Deed's doing one of his workshops in his office, and of course that's a limited number of attendees allowed there because you can't give them personal uh, attention. And so... You need to call early for that. You can call Deed Charlene for that. That's July 27th through the 29th. And then, of course, uh, August 17th, 18th, and 19th, we're doing our annual this year in Park City, Utah, which is about 30 miles from the Salt Lake City Airport. And uh, there's a lot of things that are fun to do in, in the Salt Lake City area and in the Park City area. And so we're really hoping for a good turnout there, and we got a good program to do uh, to give you, and uh, with that introduction, I'm going to give a short break here, and then Joe's going to come on, and then I'll be back. segment is brought to you by Posture Co-Developers, the new X-ray digitizing software known as Posture Ray. For more information on Posture Ray, please browse to www.postureco.com. For a June 1st podcast, I'd like to discuss some other topics besides just the John Hart article that was in the General Canadian Chiropractic Association. <clears throat> the uh, lawsuit with Blackwatch is going pretty well as far as raising money on 
I'm really happy that um, you doctors out there are supporting D-Night because we were really afraid that we were going to have to fund the whole thing about $200,000, $250,000 out of our own pockets. And, and so far we had collected about $76,000 and we have pledges for another 70000 And so we're really doing well on that. Then I took on the ASHN thing with uh, Ed Cardwell from Georgia and we're we we're really doing well on that too. The arbitrator ruled on, on five things all in our favor. And uh, like I told you last time, uh, ASHN is suing us for their their uh, attorney fees for us making them build arbitration. So that, that'll be an ongoing battle. And then I'm, I'm do, doing with the attorney a feasibility to see if we can do a, a class action lawsuit against ASHN. And so I, I think we're going to be able to do that. If we do that, we need uh, at least another $250,000. So my first goal is 500000 and we're a third of the way to that. So um, please donate your 50 to $100 a month for two years and do that through our attorney, Jim, Jim Turner. All you have to do is look in the front page of AGCC for the <clears throat> April issue. And uh, I explained to where to send your money or your pledges. And I really thank you a lot for making this possible. I want to take them down before I retire in three years. And then uh, another thing I like to tell you about is uh, CBNP nonprofit is really low. And I know that you're all giving to these lawsuits and they're very important, but we need to keep going on our research too. And so uh, if you would please pay your dues for that, which is $350 a year. And Dwight DeGeorge, uh, the last few years, has been helping me by sending out the, the annual CBP letter for a nonprofit, and, and he'll probably be doing that somewhere around the 1st of August. And so when you get that letter, please please pay your dues, and then we'll be able to pay our consultants and uh, get, get the research project done that we usually get done. We're doing fine for this year. So far, we've had about uh, six papers published. So really happy as far as the progress goes but now we're, uh, we've used up all the funds for this year so please pay your dues another thing I'd like to talk about just briefly is ICA um, we're really getting irritated that the dark side, the ACA is always propo uh, proposing that we only have 2,000 members and right now we're at 4,000 members and so in the last few years we have doubled in size and doctors out there see that ICA is really doing something, and ACA is responsible for the bad things that have been happening in the profession, either by being behind it or by doing nothing. And a lot of times, just by doing nothing, they let these things go that are sponsored or originated by some ACA members. And uh, recently, FCER, which is an arm of the ACA, has been... Uh, sending out notices that uh, people should go to these red flag guidelines for x-ray and uh, support those. And it's really irritating that um, chiropractors would be so gullible as to think that those red flag guidelines would be something they'd want when by state and provincial laws, all of us have broad x-ray privileges in the United States and Canada. And why would we want to have those mandated legislative privileges reduced. It just blows your mind. And 
why ACA would uh, help do that is beyond me. I don't see how anybody would want to be a member of the ACA when they see such things going on. Why would you want to lose all your privileges? And it took chiropractors decades and decades to get legislative laws passed for the practice of chiropractic and have us included with broad x-ray privileges and then have in 2007 people trying to take those rights away. And yet within our own profession, it's not the outside, it's not the legislatures uh, in each state or province, it's the chiropractors inside doing this. It, it just really upsets me. Receive regular CBP research updates as well as seminar happenings and other chiropractic news by subscribing now to the CBP email newsletter right on the homepage at www.idealspine.com. And now back to Dr. Don Harrison as he discusses our rebuttal to Dr. John Hart's recent article in the Journal of the Canadian Chiropractic Association where he thinks that structural problems do not need intervention. Well, we on the contrary, we know they do. I wrote him a couple emails, and he's just a little naive on this. He, he's not one of those chiropractors that believe that misalignments aren't necessarily subluxations unless they're associated with nerve interference. And that, that's an old-time uh, chiropractic, uh, you could say, principle or cliche or something like that, that several people believe in. However, <clears throat> there's plenty of evidence to the contrary, and that's not the only thing that irritates me. What irritates me? is that now some IME is going to use Dr. Hart's article and cite it, and then he's going to cut claims with it. That's the irritating part. Uh, people from Sherman are supposed to be on our straight chiropractic side. They should not be given fodder to the other side to use against us. That was the real irritating part of it. And I, and I told that to him. And uh, he kind of said, well, good luck. He's going to look forward to my rebuttal. Well, I'm sure he won't be looking forward to my rebuttal because I pretty much showed that he did a really poor job on his midline and he just has a bunch of personal opinions. So, let's get back to his topic for a second. And it comes back to his CPP's goal of care being number one, we're going to normalize posture to the best of our ability. We're humans, we're not God, so we're not going to make everybody perfect, but we're going to try our best to get their posture back to as normal as possible. And then the same thing goes with the normal spot. You should be straightening AP view, and you should be having a lordosis in the neck, kyphosis in the ribcage, and lordosis in the lumbar. And we showed that those were circle configuration in the neck, an ellipse in the thoracics, and an ellipse in the, in the lumbars. And those are often misrepresented by the dark side. They're saying that all our models are theoretical and not clinically useful, when in fact, we have six publications on those, two in each area, one of each that are average value, or one's an ideal model to fit the average values. Now, the average value is what we did is 
we digitized the x-rays, we got the average of the subjects by just averaging the corners. Like, take for an example, I'll just do L5. We digitized superior, posterior, posterior inferior, anterior inferior, anterior superior corners. And let's say, like in the thoracic spine, we did 80 subjects. But in the lumbar spine, we did 50. So, on L5 for 50 subjects, and I have those points, and they're X and Y points. I can average 50 X and Y's points for all four of those. Now I have the average L5 of 50 people. So when I do that with T12 down to S1, then we, we have the average spine there, and we try to pass curves through the posterior body points. And we found that an ellipse was very close within one millimeter of a perfect ellipse at each body point. So one millimeter is nothing. So it was really close to an ellipse. And that's why we got into the Journal of Orthopedic Research. That's why we got into the Journal of Spinal Disorders with our models. <clears throat> our, our methods were really good. And, and I could tell you that half of these studies were average people based on normal subjects, and half were ideal. So we had three of these studies in spine, two in the neck, one in the ribcage, two of these in the general spinal disorders, one ribcage and one low back, and then, of course, the general spinal disorder, excuse me, general orthopedic research, one that was in the lumbar spine. <clears throat> so now we have these goals of care that are not only ideal, but they're based on average subjects. So when I go back to heart, and I see that he thinks that misalignments are not subluxation unless you have nerve interference. And then when I read his article, he's talking about either they have pain or they don't have pain. Geez, you know, almost 10 years ago now, D9 Taranovich, we, we wrote a paper that was published in JPT, and we listed 41 diseases that you die from before you ever have any pain. So pain is not an indication of health. Pain is not an indication of nerve interference. Pain is not an indication of how your body's functioning. When you have pain, that's bad. It shows your body's not functioning right. But if you don't have pain, it doesn't mean you're good. Like there's people that have gone in for stress tests on their heart. They're feeling fine. Everything comes out good. And the next week they die of a heart attack. So <clears throat> that's not a good indication of what health is. Absence of pain. So I'm attacking him, uh, and through the, you might say, the uh, realm of, of Alf Bragg, who showed that almost every posture you can do is associated with abnormal tensions in the central nervous system and the peripheral nervous system. And uh, in his book, Ad Adverse Mechanical Tensions in the Central Nervous System, he did a great job of showing on cadavers by <clears throat> when he would cut off the uh, posterior elements and move the cadaver all around, he would show that the nerves in the spinal cord were under tension in all these different postures. And then people always say, well, the nervous system is made for that. Yeah, it's made that I flex my head and come back up. It's not made that I flex my head and I stay there for 10 years. That abnormal tension on the nervous system is constant, uh, has a real large variety of consequences, which indeed um, spearheaded the three-part series in JMPT in 1998. And if you look for those, you'll see that there's plenty of references to show that 
if you move the nervous system by uh, moving the posture, and then you come back to normal, everything's fine. That's what it's made to do. But if you move the nervous system by moving the posture in an abnormal posture, and you stay there for months or years, then bad consequences happen, happen, and your health is bad. And that's just one aspect of uh, any posture that's abnormal. Another aspect is all the mechanoreceptors and all the joints. You know, we have muscle spindle cells. We have Golgi tendon. We have mechanoreceptors type 1, type 2, type 3. Type 4 is the nociceptors, and there's, there's your pain. But type 1, type 2, and type 3, <clears throat> some of them fire uh, very quick whenever you move your joints. That's the type 2s. Some of them uh, are firing all the time, telling the nervous system always where your joints are. Type 3s are for uh, in preventing injury, like if you bent your elbow too far backwards, Type 3s would fire immediately, telling the brain, you're going too far, you're going too far, stop. And then the uh, Golgi tendon and muscle spindles, they're, they're giving feedback to the tension and loads uh, of all the muscles on all the joints. And all these things fire into the core. And if you've ever heard of Dan Murphy's talk, he, he shows where all these reflexes go into the sympathetics and, and then back in into the cord and up and then back to the muscles and and what you see is all these adverse effects will happen from a posture that remains and so nowadays since the, well, 20 years that we know about mechanoreceptors we know that the discs are innervated and have mechanoreceptors we know that the nervous system is stressed in abnormal postures I just can't understand how any chiropractors can say that misalignments aren't subluxations because there's no nerve interference. And it comes down to the fact that we teach so much chemistry in chiropractic college that we don't tell the chiropractors about engineering. So what is a misalignment? Well, Dean and I did a review of that in the PCCRP guidelines, chapter 5, section 4. And years ago, in 1998, we published that in JMPT, and we put out the engineering types of misalignments. Those were posture and its associated coupling. Those were Euler buckling, snap-through buckling, and segmental instability and scoliosis. Now, <laughs> it blew my mind that heart thought that a scoliosis of 20 degrees or less was normal for you is okay. And so Joe Biz came and glued on that. He did that section. He wrote up that part with the 67 references showing that it's not okay. And the MDs do watchful waiting while chiropractors are supposed to be correcting people, not waiting for somebody to get to 40 degrees before we do surgery that costs them $100,000 and runs their whole back and spine and all their muscles. So I think you're starting to see my attack here. I listed out the types of misalignments, and then we went through them to show that they're all abnormal. And then the major thing is, what about Wolf's Law and Davis's Law and Huter Volkman's Law? Huter Volkman's Law says that bone remodels to stress, but in the developing organism. So if you're like 0 to 18 years old, and you get some curve or misalignment, 
then on the compression side, bone is inhibited, and on the tension side, bone is accelerated in growth, and you get these abnormally shaped vertebrae. And so, why would you want to have that in a child? And then the next thing, Wolf's Law says bone remodels to stress in an adult, and then you get all these pathologies later on, and then Davis's Law says soft tissue remodels to stress, so when you have all these abnormal loads from abnormal postures and misalignments, you have asymmetrical muscle efforts. You're applying all these abnormal loads to the soft tissue, so then your ligaments and muscles and, and, and all these things are being abnormally loaded over time. And so then they have pathology. And so they might not be exhibiting pain yet, but there's all these pathologies going on. And so... Structural problems do require intervention. I'm pretty irritated with Dr. Hart. But perhaps he has no engineering background and he just believes that old tenet. And perhaps with this rebuttal we'll write it, we'll read it, realize that he was wrong. But the sad thing is, once it's published, like in the General Canadian Chiropractic Association, it just become indexed in PubMed Central. These IMEs will definitely be citing that. And they probably won't even mention that we had a counter rebuttal that we're hoping the German Canadian Catholic Association will publish. But the IMEs always are selective and they just want something that supports their position to cut our claims. Boy, that's the irritating part. <clears throat> you know, recently we had some pretty nice papers published. And uh, two of them are foster print papers. The one was the head validity one, where I think you heard me say this several times. We took the mannequin head off the mannequin of the University of Quebec, and we put it in different positions, and we took all the photographs, and we ran them to the system. It came out 1.5 degree error or less, 1.5 millimeters or less. And then we, we did the same thing with the rib cage, and that got published in the uh, European Spine Journal, and we showed the same thing. Our now posture methods are as accurate as the X-ray. I am so happy you can't believe it. And the reason is, when we go to do clinic studies now, <clears throat> we have the posture ray that um, has the tadionics codes inside it that we use for research. When we studied the reliability <coughs> excuse me of x-ray and we and we came out with the errors which are 1.5 degrees or less using one degree or less and 1.5 millimeters or less and then we have this posture print that evaluates their posture so <coughs> at this accuracy in the next three years before I retire we're going to do some randomized clinical control trials and we're going to have some amazing data. We're going to have pre and post posture. And we're going to have pre and post x-ray. And we're going to have pre and post health statuses. Pre and post pain scales. Pre and post range of motions. And I'm really hoping to do several different types of uh, health conditions. Because that's what, <clears throat> that's what the research journals are looking for. We just like to lump, as chiropractors, every possible thing in together, but uh, journals are looking for like headaches, or 
neck pain, asthma, or, or ulcers, or whatever. So we'll, we'll pick some selective things, but we're going to do some really great clinical trials with this data, and I'm extremely happy about how the posture print came out in terms of accuracy. I got two more uh, posture print papers in review right now. The pelvic validity, where we took the mannequin pelvis and put it in different positions, and then I got a reliability study that we did up at the University of Quebec. We uh, got Martin Noman, PhD, DC, up there to run it through their uh, IRB, Institutional Review Board, or <clears throat> there's other names for them, but in effect what they are is to protect human subjects. So anytime you're using human subjects, you have to have that kind of approval. So all universities have those kind of institutional review boards. Anyway, we got that approved because it's not invasive. We're just taking photographs of the people at day one and uh, day two and then three months later. So then we're collecting this data and looking at it, and it's coming out so, so well. We just can't believe how accurate uh, people were from day to day. And it shows that uh, their posture didn't change and that doctors uh, moving the person around can get the same thing on different days. And when all those studies are, are published and uh, the posture prints totally supported. So our x-ray published reliability studies that we've done, um, the pccrp.org document that we've done, everything is coming together at the right time to support all these things we're doing clinical research with. And I just can't wait to, what you might call it, show it where the sun doesn't shine on the dark side here. So with your help, we're, we're going to get a lot of things done in the next few years. And then uh, the last thing I'd like to tell you about is, of course, we're still working on the ICA's best practices. We're, we're trying to do uh, 1,300 studies and read them twice. And we found all the studies, and we've we've read about 600 of them once. And uh, so we're meeting again in two weeks at my house. And there's going to be a low number because it's summer. But uh, there's some doctors willing to come and read papers for two or three days. And then we're doing a, another uh, session up in Dwight D. George's uh, office, August 4th through the 7th. And we're going to have a lot of people there, probably 15 to 20. And uh, so we'll, we'll get more papers read there. Usually, an uh, average person reads 15 to 20 papers per uh, weekend. And some people are faster and some people are slow. But uh, if we have 15 to 20 people there, we can get anywhere from 200 to 300 papers read in August. So I'm really looking forward to getting all through these uh, one time. And it looks like I'll have to do a September and an October dates with all these committee members and then we'll have read the papers through one time and then perhaps we'll have to have them do PDF papers at home to get them read twice but uh, we were working really hard at this everybody donates their money most of the people come from the East Coast they pay their own airplane fare they pay their own 
hotels and meals in Edmonton, Wyoming, and you have to rent a dry, uh, rental car to get drive from Salt Lake City up to Edmonton. It's about 90 miles. And so, um, the ICA uh, has been benefited by all these dedicated people uh, putting in their, their money where their mouth is and their time. And they're all missing their Friday on their practice because they, they'll fly uh, Thursday afternoon, so they miss Thursday afternoon too. And then they get in Salt Lake City uh, Thursday night, and then they all come up, and then we read papers on Friday and Saturday, and then they all go home on Sunday. And this effort is really going to make a difference. These guidelines that are still coming out one after another are just restrictive and the dark side is paying for it. Let me give you an example. Over in Portugal this past weekend for the World Federation of Chiropractic Conference, Dr. Scott Hollerman gave a talk on headaches and how they're doing a headline uh, and meta-analysis and they're coming up with 8 to 12 visits. And then they started out with 1,600 papers and they uh, they reduced it down to 83 good ones. They're good ones. They're checked. And, and then it supports what they're doing. The so then somebody can crowd us. Well, and who funded it? You will support our tapes for next couple of years. After I retire, support Dean. He'll keep going. Well, I've talked on and on for, for this time. We'll, we'll be back June 15th and do another one with you. Um, Dean won't be because uh, he's going to Hong Kong for the ISSLS conference. ISSLS is the International Society for the Study of Lumbar Spine. And uh, those people meet uh, all over the, the world different years. This year's in Hong Kong, so Dean's going to that. He'll be gone. But I'll be doing the next uh, podcast on June 15th. Until then, I'll see you later. Thanks for listening. Podcast is brought to you by Posture Code, developers of the Posture Screen and Posture Ray software suites. For more information, browse to www.posturecode.com.